and welcome to Inbox. Uh, this is your... Yeah, no, I can't really... No, don't keep that up. No, I won't. That's what he always says. Um, but yeah, welcome. This is Inbox. It's our special uh, bite-sized podcast where we talk about pretty much anything. But right now, we're talking about something very specific. I'm Ben, he's Ed, you know that. And it's all about games Thanks. that we're looking forward to in 2024. I think they said three then, 2024. So we've got three games each that we're looking forward to. Um, just before we start that, are there any that you've missed? Well, not missed, but ones that didn't quite make those top three, but you really oh, want to give a shout absolutely out? absolutely tons. Give us a f- couple. Oh. Black Myth Wukong. Black Myth Wukong is one. So I, I will say my three, I've got one very obvious and then two others that are indie games that maybe people might not know about as much or have heard of. Okay. Um, but there are loads coming out this year of like major games that you will know about. Um like Black Myth Wukong is one we played it at Gamescom, loved it. Um, can't wait to play more of that. Um, um, Hades two, Hades two, we know. But that's coming to it. early access. Um, like there's lots. There, there are a lot. I can't even remember off the top of my head. Yeah, but there are loads. Father's Frontier, for example. Father's Frontier, I played the early access of. That's going to come out the main game, and I think that's going to be really. It's going to be one of the best kind of little city builders, or not city builders, but kind of town management growing. Yeah. What's it called? I don't know what they're called. Sim game. Sim game, yeah. Whatever. So there's lots of really good games coming out this year. None that really... I mean, Hades 2 definitely is going to like blow you away. Uh, Metroid 4, that's going to be really big when that don't comes out Don't even later. suggest that. <laughs> Do not get me um, excited. Final Fantasy 9 remake as well. Don't that get me excited be. about that either. Okay. So, yeah, there are lots of potentially really good games, um, but there are also a lot of good games that might be short, which you might... There's a lot of the like big ones that are coming out, or not big ones, a lot of ones that are coming out that look like they could be finished in like two to ten hours yeah i think it's it's an interesting year in that just as a sort of summary we don't know what some of the bigger companies are doing so sony released spider-man 2 last year as their big exclusive at the end of the year they haven't really announced much else there will be something so one of mine is is an exclusive even if it's not made by sony but they will have something, of course, mm. but we don't really know what that is. Even Xbox, I mean, Avowed is coming out this year, and that's the next Obsidian RPG, fancy RPG, which kind of looks like Skyrim, but smaller and pretty. Yeah. And that looks really cool. Um, but apart from that, we don't really know much about what Xbox are doing. Um, Nintendo have got a few things we do know about. We know the new Peach game, I think it's going to be good. New Switch. The, potentially new Switch. Um and so I want to play the Peach game. I want to play the Paper Mario Thousand Year Door remaster. Mm. Um, so there's a, a Luigi's Mansion 2 um, that's coming. But they're sort of smaller games. We don't know what's the next big, big game from Nintendo. So at the moment, when you look at games coming out this year, there are a handful of bigger games from sort of third party devs. And then there's a lot of interesting indie games. I wish it would be really good is if we put like if maybe on the on the main podcast we do our like what we think is going to be like a little prediction of our top 10 at the end of the year no because i think something's going to come along that's going to yeah, be completely that's, that's random ma- that's what makes it well it will be utterly wrong then that's, that's what makes it fun. it's like you know the beginning when <laughs> elden ring dlc that's the other thing that's supposedly coming that's this DLC, year though doesn't count yeah but it's more elden ring like i'm super excited for that good for you okay, um no no i will uh, uh, dr- Dredge DLC or Dave the Diver DLC. Sure. Um, yeah. So anyway, it's going to be a good year. Every year is always good. Uh, there's never been a shit year for playing games. Mm, has. has there? Tell me one. 
I'm sure a couple of years ago there was one that wasn't great. I mean, it's not great, but there's still some. There's always something. There's good always to play. at least a couple of things that you're like, this is incredible, even if it's not yeah. like I'll... 2023 levels of like amazing games. No, but I mean, like the last time I remember there being a really good year was 2017 when the Switch came out and it was Zelda. Breath of, yeah, Breath of the Wild. Yeah, and Odyssey. PUBG. Things like that. PUBG. I love PUBG. Get that. Um, shall I start and, and get the really obvious one out of the way? Go on. So it's a game that a lot of people are going to be looking forward to. It is a PlayStation exclusive, but not made by Sony. The Last of Us Part 2 remastered. No, that, that is coming out this year. Um, I know, that's I said it. It's a game that I think a lot of... It is going to be the most wanted by a lot of people. And it is very much by me. And that is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Oh, do you think that'll be number one? I think it stands a very good chance of being at the very least top three uh, at the end of the year. Um, maybe. I mean, look, it could end up being a complete disappointment um, when we finally play it. a glitch fest. Who knows? Um, I'm excited about it because Final Fantasy VII, the original, is one of my absolute favourite games. Um, so I have a love for the series, but I have a love for Seven specifically. I replayed it over Christmas so I feel like I'm like up to date. I'm also currently replaying Remake. Um, so again, I'm kind of fully in the zone of like, I'm preparing myself for Rebirth uh, and for Rebirth the game. And I just can't wait. It's it's the next part of the story after Remake. I'm excited to see the open world because that's something that obviously wasn't in the original. The original has a world map and then mm -hmm. areas. This is a fully open world and fully explorable. So I'm really excited to see how that works. I'm excited to see how they're changing the story because they appear to be setting things up in remake of veering off the known path from the original. So I'm intrigued to see what they're going to do there and how they're going to change it. I'm also very, very intrigued to spend and looking forward to spending hours Chocobo racing. Yeah. You ride those cocks. Because the goal... I'm going to skim over that. The gold saucer is the sort of theme parky, casino-y type area in 7, which obviously a lot of people will know from 14 as well. Um, and it's got all these mini games. And in the original, it's kind of cool, but they are adding a lot more to it this year. It looks like Chocobo Racing is more involved. Um, and there's loads of new mini games that they're adding in. And another thing that the original 7 didn't have, but 8 and 9 had, and 14 has is a card game and they're adding a card game to seven which i i don't know if that's a gold saucer thing or if that's a worldwide is it gonna be brand thing. new or is it going to be a copy from a previous one no no, it's brand new it's called queen's gambit mm. and it's a similar kind of thing of you collect cards and you have to place them on a grid um but it, it's its own idea it's got its own rules to it um and again i don't know if that is something you can just go up to random people in the world and start mm. playing um i know some people were disappointed with 16 that it didn't have the extra mini games and weirdness mm they're going all in on that for for rebirth so that's why i'm super excited to play it. i can't wait brilliant i am okay the one i'm looking forward to very very obvious thank goodness you're here is it that obvious well no but um Tell us about it's it, the then. most yorkshire game in the world you are i believe a salesman or something like that and you're thrown into a world this is a very cartoony 2d drawn art world and it's just full of very northern humor. And I believe that it's just going to be, it's not a role, not a stroll playing game, you know, uh, what they're called, the um, walking simulator. Walking simulators. 
I think it's going to be more like one of those, but you you just go and play the game for the experience. And a the narrative experience, game. The experience of being a northerner. And there are some slight little well, Why do you need to play this then? I don't, but it, it it's my culture, Ed. It's okay. nice to see your culture being represented uh, in a video game. And looks like we're getting it. Are there any other Yorkshire video games? Yorkshire Gubbins. Yorkshire Gubbins was great. Yeah. There must be, there needs to be more. game set in Yorkshire, rather. There should be more. Uh, oh, I mean... Um, like yeah no there are places there are definite ones that say in like the Yorkshire moors and oh i'm sure yeah but um no i just really liked it we i got to chat with the devs so i met so i went to gamescom and i was signed up for a like anonymous secret game preview and i went into this little booth with these two guys and uh and then they uh and then they started showing me thank goodness you're here which had just been announced previously on gamescom opening night and I saw that and was like, oh my God, there's a Yorkshire game. And yeah, it was these two guys from Yorkshire. Uh, yeah, I think they were both from Barnsley. Mm-hmm. And they were showing me the game and let me play it and talking about it. Which generally like, the best thing ever at Gamescom is going there and being shown games by the people that made it and come up with them. Yeah, it's yeah. like the best the feeling ever. Yes. And it's real, real privilege. So being able to do that with them, they seemed awesome guys. And uh, yeah, from Barnsley, and it's called. It's set in like Barnswick or something. And um, yeah, no, I'm just really intrigued. I'm interested to see if the humor translates. Mm. I wonder if there will be any articles about how this humor is not appropriate. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm, but then you go up north and you're like, oh yeah, this is the kind of just the humor that they have up there. See, I think yeah, as a northerner, you're gonna have a sort of view on it but then i think other people from the uk will be like okay i see that it's northern but maybe don't even i probably won't understand all the lingo necessarily but then if that's worldwide and someone from america plays it and it, or like they're japan or like something yeah. or who are like what is this yeah the, oh they they'll be completely confused because yeah. they're they're like fish with cigarettes sticking in their mouths because it's very yorkshire just have ciggies everywhere of course it is yeah so yeah all right well they don't well they come ciggies or F's the words. F's slurs. Yeah, F's slurs. Got the packet of fags. That's what, uh, that's what every, I mean, that's what we call it up there. Do you call it that down here or is it just mainly? Oh, yeah, no, that's, okay. you know, that's, a, that's a UK okay, thing. Okay, I didn't know if it was a northern, oh, uh, yeah. like mainly up there. But yeah, so I'm intrigued to, see, I cannot wait to see the reception of it and to see people getting offended about it and then other people telling them they shouldn't be offended by it and, and all that. I'm sure that that will happen. There'll be some discourse. There will be. Excellent. What's your second game that you're looking forward to? So That's I th- thank goodness you're here, by the way. Yeah. I forgot to mention, so Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, I'm excited about. There's another Final Fantasy game this year, which isn't in the three I'm talking Ever about. Um, no, Dawn Trail. Dawn Rail, yeah. Um, which is the next expansion of 14. Is this so, your second one? No, it's not. But I just wanted to mention it. I'm I'm more excited about Rebirth, but in the zone of Final Fantasy, there's also Dawn Trail. I mean, your hype for that would be like legitimate if you'd actually finished the previous expansion look i'm getting to it it's okay it's, Have you started it's, it? no it's on my list i will get there my second game that i'm excited about so i've got two others that are both indie okay. the second one is called demon school now this has been sort of known about for at least a year or so and it's been i think maybe a little bit delayed um it's very heavily inspired by persona but in this like italian horror animated vibe so the idea is that you're playing as this group of teens in a school 
And so by day you are in school and you have relationships and friendships and you do little mini quests and stuff like you do in Persona. And then at night you go into these sort of dungeon areas um, and you have to defeat evil demons and it goes full horror and it's got like 80s vibe. It's like brightly colored neons and like synth music, dark horror synth music. Kind of, yeah. Like it's just... It just has such an interesting, cool vibe to it that I just immediately was like, I need to play that. Um, and I, I love an RPG. I do like Persona 5 a lot. Um, so this has got that Persona vibe. Obviously, Persona 3, that's another one game coming out this year. And Metaphor, Fantasia, that also yes, looks great. Um, get, just go Google games. There, there hey, are loads we, of games. We, we did a shot because um, we were like picking three games. You mentioned about 60. I know, but there's loads out. Um but Demon School looks really cool. It's that you know, it's all isometric, just a really interesting, cool art, graphic art style, big black outlines, and um, really interesting music. Um, I think it looks really cool. So people who are interested and like Persona but want something more horror related, yeah, this is gonna be the one. Mm. I'm looking forward to that. Mm. Um, okay, my second one is Flight Simulator 2024. Nerd. Love a, I love a sim game. In fact, one of the Steam Deck verified games is Euro Truck Simulator. Oh, and apparently it's really God. good. So I'm intrigued to see what it's like because people rave about it. And I want to see why people rave about it. It's like £3 in the Steam sale right now. So I'm probably going to buy it immediately after this. Anyway, uh, Flight Sim 2024. It's a bit weird because Flight Simulator came out in 2020. Ooh, sorry about that. Excuse you. Um, came out in 2020. Sorry, I don't know why that made me vomit. And... They said that it's going to have like a 10-year cycle. And I remember playing it at the start and being like, oh, this is making my hardware really, really, really chug. But, I event bet. but eventually, I know, yeah. <laughs> I, I pulled back on the... Uh, the joystick. On the stick. No, it's called a choke stick or something like that. I don't know. Or I bet yolk, it is. The yoke. <laughs> the yoke? Just Your. continue. Anyway. <laughs> and um, so, and I was like, oh, well, eventually I'll have a computer that might be able to run it really well. And it seems that they've decided that, yes, they are going to give 10 years of support, 10 years of support to it. But what they didn't mention was that they're also going to release a new game. And they are releasing a new one this year called Flight Simulator 2024. And I'm really excited about it because there were so many problems with the original. Like the original Such was the original was just incredible. Like you could fly anywhere on the planet and it would use map data to kind of make it look real below you or you could literally land anywhere and it would try and make it as realistic as possible and um, which was just yeah mind-blowing and phenomenal and they updated it with like localized maps to be to get even more accurate um top top topographical 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 areas and all and lots of uh, topography topography yeah um lots of monuments and stuff like that but it was just it was terrible like it was a pain to it's a it's still a pain to download anything like if you want to go and download some of these maps sometimes they just don't download or they'll get stuck and they'll be like hey you've got five megabytes left and you just can't download those five megabytes and you can't use that map and you have to go into files and delete things it takes forever to load like ever um like the navigation system in the menus is a real real pain it's just a real mess in there with like um yeah with not accessibility, with um, approachability and like trying to use all this stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that this new one will address that and it will be a lot more streamlined and it's not going to make your PC like catch on fire. Um, 
I just feel like the, there's a good chance that they can kind of just redo the coding or whatever, and they can just make it a really refined experience. And plus, they've added loads of other things. So this game, so before, like Flight Sim 2020 is just a pure sim. You are flying from one area to another. Whereas Flight Simulator 2024, they're adding tornadoes. They're adding like these kind of extreme weather effects. They're adding, uh, you can do kind of firefighting missions. Uh, like where you can and you like search and rescue. You can go rescue people that are uh, trapped on a mountain. There's so many things that you can do. Cargo deliveries. And I don't know if there's a career mode in it. Maybe there is. Maybe someone will add that. I don't know. But there's just a reason to play it. And nice. they've turned it into something that you might enjoy. Like, for example, the Euro Truck Simulator game. Mm. I don't think people are playing that because they just want to drive and feel like they're driving a truck like they were in Flight Sim 2020. They, you you take stuff from one place to another and you do um yeah you 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 do these cargo routes and you make money and then you can upgrade so there's more of a structure yeah and i don't know how much of that structure will be just kind of one-off things where you go and click on something and there's this random firefighter mission or whatever but or whether there's gonna be some career and you can get hired to do different jobs in different places and you can build up your reputation mm. that would be really really cool but yeah there's just so much potential and maybe i'll be you know regretting putting this in my top three and then at the end of the year I'll be like actually that game came out and it was just a bit of a shit iteration of the original but everything that they've shown so far is incredibly promising nice so my third and final game although there are tons yeah, as we've we already know mentioned you like video games the third one is Dungeons of Hinterberg oh it's the one in Austria now, this is one that I played at Gamescom um, and it's kind of like Austrian Zelda. Ooh. Now, we all know I love Zelda. And Austrians. And I love an Austrian, mm. uh, apparently. Yeah. Um, basically, you are playing as this this young woman um, in the Alps, and you have this central town where you sort of have relationships with people, and you go off on missions, and then you go off to these these different areas in the mountains, and you literally go into dungeons... And it's like a Zelda-style dungeon. Mm. Um, and you have to solve puzzles. She has sort of magical bomb abilities and other stuff. Some dungeons are more um, combat-focused. Some are more puzzle-focused. It's a bit like a shrine, like a Zelda Breath of the Wild shrine. Um, but it's like these dungeons dotted around in an area that combine into one big dungeon. Uh, and you complete the area. But what's interesting is that it's sort of like realistic so it's giving you that Zelda vibe of exploration and mm. puzzle solving and dungeons, but it's not a fantasy land. It's literally in the Austrian Alps. Yeah. And this Austrian town is is very, you look at it and you're immediately like, yeah, that's that's the Austrian Alps. Like you can just tell by the architecture of the town and, you know, the fashion and stuff. It's all very like modern, yeah. um, current day. So there's this like grounding in realism, despite it being like a dungeon crawling game, which I just think is really interesting. I don't think there are, I can't think of another game that is so typically Austrian. No. In the way that Thank Goodness You're Here is very typically northern. Yeah. Um, and there's Still Wakes the Deep that is set on a Scottish oil rig that's very typically Scottish. Like, mm. it's... it's. I think Singstar had a Sound of Music pack, if that counts. No, that doesn't count. Okay. Um, but I, th I think we're, we're starting to see games sort of really delve into the specific culture of its developers and they're sort of reflecting on their own culture and putting it into games which is giving us a lot more diversity and and, and opening our eyes to new cultures and stuff and 
I think I don't know. I just don't think I've ever seen a, an Austrian a game so typically Austrian. Mm. At least one that isn't you know shooting Nazis in World War Two. Um, so I wasn't going to say anything. <laughs> so, but this is just like it's the Alps, and it sort of has this magical air, even though it's grounded you know, in reality. If something like so, music, halfway through, it'll turn into a Nazi shooting game. Don't say that. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I played it at Gamescom and had a great time. I only played it for about 20 minutes, but it was really memorable in those 20 minutes. It just played really well. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's coming to Game Pass as well. So it's a little indie game from Austrian devs, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's coming to Game Pass. So there's no excuse not to play it. Brilliant. Okay. My third and final game which is... Which is my secret fourth. Well, um, <laughs> is The Plucky Squire, which I am very much excited about. I cannot wait. I remember watching... The um, Devolver Showcase, I stayed up until like 3am and I remember sitting on my bed over at the other side of the city we are living in now on my own. I remember just staying up all night um, and then watched it and was like, like th that was the night that they announced Cult of the Lamb and they announced this. And it was just like, these are brilliant, brilliant games that they've just announced. And uh, I think the other one was like the golf game, you know, the scary golf. That we played. Curse to Golf? Curse to Golf, I think it might have been. Maybe. Anyway, I'm not sure. But yeah, the, the Plucky Squire was one that I've always had my eye on for a long, long time. And again, a Gamescom was lucky enough to be shown by a guy who he worked on Pokemon, didn't he? So he was an artist for Pokemon where he literally designed Pokemon. He, like the actual Pokemon, he literally designed them. I know. And I think he's the only English speaking person, or was the only English speaking person on the team. Um, and he's now left and created his own game studio which is creating the plucky squad yeah and he was there playing the game and showing us it and it looks incredible if, for those of you who don't know it is a game that is you play as a character in a book as a, a plucky squire and you have some teammates and you but then you play through this story by leaving the book and going in different places in this person's uh in this like it's a child's bedroom or in a mm. study and then you jump back in and it's a lot of uh, puzzle solving by going by thinking outside the box and how you outside can outside the book outside the book and there's word there's even like puzzles with letters so you have to move word take words off the page and put them somewhere else so that it means it makes something else and like Baba is you you know so mm. it's really cute it's beautiful um, it's quite short I believe he told me it was like three to five hours um, or about five hours and it just looks really innovative and i love that style i say it's innovative i actually got vibes of um it takes two a bit because mm. you're kind of this person in a small tiny person surrounded by a life-size or a much bigger world that you're kind of wandering around at times but it just looked like he only showed me or he showed us for about 20 minutes 25 minutes of it uh there is again like with tanganish you're here and also the plucky squire um i don't know if any of yours i can't remember we do have, if you go and check out on YouTube, uh, these games with, just type in Biggest Benes, Plucky Squire, Biggest Benes, thank goodness you're here. We have some kind of gameplay that people can watch. Uh, maybe not, thank goodness you're here, but for the Plucky Squire, all they get pretty much, there's about 10 minutes of gameplay that we've uh, got on there that you can you can watch us play. I'll watch uh, us talk about while, watch while we are talking about it. So yeah, it's, I'm really looking forward to that and being able to see it being played and seeing the characters and how very like characterized these characters are like they've got very strong personalities but you know immediately like this person is very uh unsure about themselves and they are really 
and they keep, they make comments all the time about how they're a nobody and they're a side character. Like there's a character that that I'm with and she made a comment being like, yeah, I've already read the book. I know I'm a side character. I'm not that important. But then can you change that outcome? And mm. it's, yeah, it's a so really it's clever. It is. And it's a very, I think it's going to be a very clever game. And I think people are going to really, really like it. Yeah. It's very stylized. It's very cute. I hope it's not too twee. I think um, it's quite difficult as well. Yeah. And it's got, it's got platforming and combat and puzzle solving, different styles of, there's like a turn-based combat bit as well. Yeah. So oh, it's kind of like, like card game. Yeah. Point, so yeah. it's like inspired by all these different genres all put together, which is yeah. something that we both really enjoy in games. So yeah, I can't wait to play that. I think it looks incredible. Yeah. Brilliant. Okay. Well, that is it. I mean, there's also like hardware potentially coming out next year, this year. What? Um, yes, yeah, this year. No, no. Yeah, I know. It's 2024. Well, maybe a Switch 2. Um, I, can't I, don't about any, I don't know about anything else, actually. Yeah, I doubt there'll be the pro versions of anything. It's a bit too Oh, soon, maybe that it? Xbox one that's like the cylinder. They might announce something. Yeah. They've already just brought out the that horrible PlayStation 5 exactly. update. Yeah. Oh, maybe a new handheld. Another one? Maybe a Steam Deck 2. I swear if they do that. We're not going there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, I hope you enjoyed it. We're going to be doing some more Inbox episodes um, coming up in the, over the next few weeks, including ones about what games you should get if you have a console. So lots of people probably got consoles for the, for Christmas and they might be wondering what six games, what they stick to six, what six games they should okay. uh, get on Are each of Are we doing three each then? We'll do three each again. Great. You can't pick Final Fantasy games for all of the, the PlayStation ones. Watch me. <laughs> All right, well, thank you very much. Go to swapandjoysticks.com if you want to go and check out all our episodes and all the other videos, etc., etc. And uh, yeah, I was Ben, he was Ed. Follow our socials on the description and uh, we'll see you another time. <laughs> Thanks for listening Bye. or watching. Bye.